Alright, Krishna everybody, welcome to Rasinga Chaturdashi. In plain English, it's the 14th day of the moon, waxing moon, uh, in the month of May, and it's the advent anniversary of Krishna and a very 
and usual of the time. Not for the faint of heart. <laughs> Actually, Lord Singa, he appears in many, many woods, like right on the altar. We have right near Bodhi time. Um, it's called Shanti Vishringa. Shanti means peaceful. And uh, so we're going to see a form that's not exactly like that tonight. Okay, yeah, there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, the advent of Lord Ritzinga. Since the dawn of time, good and evil beings have inhabited the universes, exhaled by Mahavishnu, Lord Krishna's expansion for creation. Whenever bad threatens to conquer good, Lord Vishnu descends in a form suitable for vanquishing evil. Such was the case when the Lord came as Nrasimha Dev, the half man, the half man, half lion avatar, who slayed the demon Hiranya Kashipu. Furious that Lord Vishnu had killed his brother Hiranyaksha, whose wicked deeds had thrown the earth out of its orbit into the murky depths of the universe, the evil-minded Hiranyakashipu vowed to kill the Lord, who is unkillable by anyone. To gain the power to execute his plan, Hiranyakashipu entered the valley of Mandara Mountain and began practicing a severe type of austerity and meditation, raising his arms and standing on his tiptoes for 100 celestial years. That's about 180,000 Earth years. Ever try to stand on your tiptoes for more than five minutes? Not easily. At that time, a mystic fire began to blaze from his head. So hot, it overheated the atmospheres of all the planets. When the heat became unbearable, the celestials went to see Lord Brahma, co-creator of the universe and told him of Hiranyakashipu's ambition to become immortal and kill Lord Vishnu. Impressed by Hiranyakashipu's austerities, Lord Brahma found the demon still standing, his life air circulating within his bones. After Brahma sprinkled Hiranyakashipu with water from his celestial water pot, the demon received a golden body, stronger than a thunderbolt and shining like the sun. 
aware that even Brahma does not live forever. Ranikashipu asked for a benediction that would indirectly make him immortal. Ranikashipu said, O Lord Brahma, best of the givers of benediction, if you will kindly grant me the benediction I desire, please let me not meet death from any of the living entities created by you. Grant me that I not die within any residence or outside any residence during the daytime or at night, nor on the ground or in the sky. Grant me that my death not be brought by any being other than those created by you nor any weapon, nor by any human being or animal. Grant me that I not meet death from any entity, living or non-living. Grant me further that I not be killed by any demigod or demon, or by any great snake from the lower worlds. Since no one can kill you in the battlefield, you have no competitor. Therefore, grant me the benediction that I too may have no rival. Give me sole lordship over all the living entities and residing deities, and give me all the glories obtained by that position. Furthermore, give me all the mystic powers attained by long austerities and the practice of yoga for all these cannot be lost at any time. By dint of his unprecedented austerities, Hiranyakashipu satisfied Lord Brahma and obtained the benedictions he desired. Possessed of near invincible power, he began to conquer everyone in the universe and brought both demons and demigods under his control. Having forcibly seized the residence of Indra, the king of heaven, Randikashipu began enjoying life in great luxury and thus became mad. Except for Brahma, Shiva, and Vishnu, all the celestial lords came under his rule. Still furious at Lord Vishnu for having killed his brother, <coughs> Randikashipu remained dissatisfied, his constant arrogance and exploitation of all creatures earning him determined curses from great saints and sages, who at last prayed to the Supreme Lord for relief from Hiranyakashipu's reign of terror. Lord Vishnu informed the demigods that they and all living beings would soon be saved from the fearful conditions created by Hiranyakashipu. Since Hiranyakashipu was the oppressor of all the demigods, the followers of the Vedas, the cows, the brahmanas, and the saintly persons, and since he was envious of the Supreme Lord, 
he would naturally be killed very soon. Hiranyakashipu's last exploit would be to torment his own son, Prahlad, who would appear as an exalted devotee of the Lord. Then his life would end. Thus assured by the Supreme Lord, everyone was satisfied, knowing that the miseries inflicted upon them by Hiranyakashipu would soon come to an end. While Hiranyakashipu had been away performing severe austerities, Indra and other demigods arrested his pregnant wife, Kayadu, thinking that the child in her womb would turn out to be another demon. The demigods planned to kill the child as soon as he was born. As they were leading Kayadu away, Narada Muni intervened, informing them that the woman was innocent and that the child in her womb was actually a great devotee of the Lord. Indra and the other demigods immediately released Kayadu and respectfully circumambulated her and the child. Assuring the pregnant woman of all protection, Narada then took her to his ashram until the return of her husband. While sheltered in Narada's ashram, Kayadu rendered menial service to the sage, who imparted transcendental knowledge to the mother and her unborn child for a long time. Although the mother gradually forgot those instructions, Narada blessed the child. He would never forget them. And thus he took birth as the great saint Prahlad. When Hiranyakashipu sent his son to his palace school, Prahlad shared with his classmates everything he had learned from sage Narada. That the soul is different from the body, and that the aim of life is to go back home, back to Godhead. As a result, the, son of, the sons of Hiranyakashipu's demon friends lost interest in the subjects taught by the palace teachers, especially politics and diplomacy, and began to follow Prahlad. During recess, or whenever the palace teachers stepped out of the classroom, Prahlad took the opportunity to lead his classmates in dancing and chanting Hare Krishna. All the demons began to complain to the teachers that their sons were becoming devotees. When the teachers finally caught Prahlad teaching and chanting Krishna's names, they reported him to his father, Hiranya Kashipu. The more Hiranyakashipu tried to turn Prahlad away from Krishna consciousness, the more Prahlad preached to his demonic father. Prahlad said, O oh, best of the demons, 
because of their uncontrolled senses, persons too addicted to materialistic life make progress toward hellish conditions and repeatedly chew that which has already been chewed. Their inclinations toward Krishna are never aroused, either by the instructions of others, by their own efforts, or by a combination of both. Unable to stop his son from preaching, the furious demon finally rejected Prahlad and ordered his fiendish assistants to kill him. The satanic servants of Hiranyakashipu thus began striking the tender parts of Prahlad's body with their tridents. The fiends all had fearful faces, sharp teeth, and reddish, coppery beards and hair, and they appeared extremely threatening, making a tumultuous sound, shouting, Chop him up! Pierce him! They began striking Prahlad, who sat silently and meditated upon the supreme personality of Godhead. Then by throwing him beneath the feet of big elephants, then by putting him among huge, fearful snakes, then by hurling him from the top of a hill, When Hiranyakashipu found he could not in any way harm Prahlad, who was completely sinless, he was in great anxiety about what to do next. Considering the entire situation, he finally decided to kill Prahlad himself. From a different slide here. Courtesy of Bollywood. <laughs> Confronting Prahlad in the palace, Sirani Kashipu said, My son Prahlad, you rascal. You know that when I am angry, all the planets of the three worlds tremble, along with their chief rulers. By whose power? Has a rascal like you become so impudent that you appear fearless and overstep my power to rule you? Sri Prahlad said, My dear king, the source of my strength is also the source of yours. He is not only your strength or mine, but the only strength for everyone whether moving or not moving, superior or inferior, everyone, including Lord Brahma, is controlled by the strength of the Supreme Personality of God. Prahlad continued, In former times there were many fools like you, who did not conquer the raging senses that steal away the wealth of the body. These fools were very proud, thinking, 
I have conquered all enemies in all the ten directions. But if a person is victorious over the senses and is equipoised toward all living entities, for him there are no enemies. Enemies are merely imagined by one in ignorance. Rani Kashiku replied, You rascal! You are trying to minimize my value, as if you were better than me at controlling the senses. This is over-intelligent. I can therefore understand that you desire to die at my hands, for this kind of nonsensical talk is indulged in by those about to die. Oh, most unfortunate, Prahlad, you have always described a supreme being other than me. A supreme being who is above everything, who is the controller of everyone, and who is all-pervading. But where is he? If he is everywhere, then why is he not present before me in this pillar? Being obsessed with anger, Ranjikashipu, who was very great in bodily strength, thus chastised his exalted devotee son, Prahlad with harsh words. Cursing him again and again, Hirandikashiku took up his sword, got up from his royal throne, and with great anger, struck his fist against the column. Then from within the pillar came a fearful sound, which appeared to crack the covering of the universe. This sound reached even the abodes of the demigods, like Lord Brahma. And when the demigods heard it, they thought, Oh, now our planets are being destroyed. To prove that the statement of his servant, Prahlad, was substantial. In other words, to prove that the Supreme Lord is present everywhere, even within the pillar of an assembly hall, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Hari exhibited a wonderful form never before seen. The form was neither that of a man nor that of a lion. While Hirandikashipu looked all around to find the source of the sound, that wonderful form of the Lord emerged from the pillar. In amazement, Hirandikashipu wondered, What is this creature? that is half man and half lion. Randikashipu murmured to himself, Lord Vishnu, who possesses great mystic power, has made this plan to kill me. But what is the use of such an attempt? Who can fight with me? Thinking like this, and taking up his club, Randikashipu attacked the Lord like an elephant and began to beat him. Lord Nursingidev, however, captured the great demon along with his club, just as Guruda might capture a great snake. Then the Lord gave Randikashipu a chance to slip from his hand, just as Garuda sometimes plays with a snake and lets it slip from his mouth. 
when Hiranyakashipu was freed from the hands of Srigade, he falsely thought the Lord was afraid of his prowess. After catching his breath, he took up his sword and shield and again attacked the Lord with great force. Making a loud, shrill sound of laughter, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who was extremely strong and powerful, captured Hirani Kashipu, who was protecting himself with his sword and shield, leaving no gaps open. With the speed of a hawk, Hirani Kashipu moved sometimes in the sky and sometimes on the earth, his eyes closed because of fear of the Shrigadev's laughter. As a snake captures a mouse, or a Garuda captures a very venomous snake, Lord Rasingade captured Hiranyakashipu, who could not be pierced even by the thunderbolt of King Indra. As Hiranyakashipu moved his limbs here and there and all around, very much afflicted at being captured, Lord Rasingade placed the demon on his lap, supporting him with his thighs and in the doorway of the assembly hall, the Lord very easily tore the demon to pieces with the nails of his hand. Lord Rasingadev's mouth and mane were sprinkled with drops of blood, and his fierce eyes, full of anger, were impossible to look at. Licking the edge of his mouth, with his tongue, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Nrsinga Dev, decorated with a garland of intestines taken from Hiranyakashipu's abdomen, resembled a lion that has just killed an elephant. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, who had many, many arms, first uprooted Hiranyakashipu's heart and then threw him aside and turned toward the demon soldiers. These soldiers had come in thousands to fight with him with raised weapons and were very faithful followers of Hiranyakashipu. But Lord Nishringadev killed all of them merely with the ends of his nails. The hair on Nishringadev's head shook the clouds and scattered them here and there. His glaring eyes stole the effulgence of the luminaries in the sky, and his breathing agitated the seas and oceans. Because of his roaring, all the elephants in the world began to cry in fear. Thereafter, Lord Brahma requested Prahlad Maharaj, who was standing very near him. My dear son, Lord Rasingadev is extremely angry at your demonic father. Please 
Go forward and appease the Lord. Although the exalted devotee Prahlad Maharaj was only a little boy, he obeyed Lord Brahma's words. He had gradually proceeded toward Lord Nishrigane and fell down to offer his respectful obeisances with folded hands. When Lord Nishrigadev saw the small boy Prahlad prostrated at the soles of his lotus feet, he became most ecstatic in affection toward his devotee. Raising Prahlad, the Lord placed his lotus hand on the boy's head, because his hand is always ready to create fearlessness in all his devotees. Pleased by Prahlad's steadfast devotion, Lord Nishigadev asked the boy to accept whatever benediction he wanted. Prahlad asked only that the Lord save his father from a hellish destination, and that the Lord grant Prahlad unflinching devotion to his lotus feet, and that the Lord, even though the boy was only five years old, the Lord empowered him to rule the entire universe with the benediction he would never become attached to or disturbed by his position. And in the end, come back home, back to Godhead. As for Hiranyakashipu, because his son was such an exalted, pure devotee, the Lord assured Prahlad his father was already liberated from the bondage repeated birth and death. As Lord Nishigadev saved Prahlad Maharaj from the greatest terrorist to ever roam this universe, let us pray to our own Lakshmi Nishigadev deity right here in Tucson, right there, to protect us from the Hiranyakashipu-like desires stalking our hearts so that our original pure devotion, our inner Prahlad, may someday blossom into blissful loving service to the Supreme. Our lion-like Lord Nishigadev Ki Ladies and gentlemen, the advent of Lord Nishigadev. Hare